Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Dogs Program here on 3CR 855 on the AM dial. Um, for good news or bad news, for, for, for better or for worse, we have an absolutely packed program today on 3CR 855 on the AM dial because there are so many different and varied educational issues that are popping up. There must be a by-election in, 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 in the offing, I think. I don't, don't know what's going on, but all of a sudden... Education has become an issue in the news, not just here in Victoria, but across Australia. It's become political news, and it's become news across the world too, but we don't have to deal with that because we've got so much going on right here on our doorstep. Um, you listen to the Dogs Program. We are the defenders of government schools, and we are, we, we've got a job to do in the next hour because there's a lot of stuff going around at the moment which you won't hear about on other radio stations, which is why you obviously tune in to hear the dogs here on 3CR in the first place. And while you're looking at your bank account to see how much you can give 3CR so that you can keep listening to us next yes, week. Yes, that's right. It's Radiothon next week, so if you're interested in continuing to hear the dogs program, now's the time to put just a little bit of a hand into your bank account to find out what you can give. Only give what you can. But please do give what you can to support 3CR into the future. But yes, no, we're talking about state and local issues. We're talking about an almighty stoush up there in heaven between the independent schools and the Catholic school sectors who are at each other's throats to try and get as much money as they can out of the taxpayer. They're screaming at each other and blaming each other because they're trying to take dollars off each other. The dollars we're talking about, of course, my dollars and your dollars, taxpayers' dollars, they want it so they can maintain their schooling systems um, separate and distinct from the state school system, which, of course, is the only school system in Australia which is free, universal, open to all, and indeed secular. Um, state schools can't say, you, you can't turn up because we don't like you. Private schools can. And state schools, of course, are the only ones that should be funded by any form of government, be it federal government, state government, or even councils. But anyway, lots of things are going on. They're having a big stoush, and there's a fascinating article here in Victoria, um, which has just popped into the news in the last week. While the independent schools and the Catholic schools are fighting each other tooth and nail for every scrap of taxpayer, not every scrap, vast swathes of taxpayers' dollars, um, there's a little school in Ivanhoe East, which is a state school, nice little state school, and Ivanhoe East is actually going to be our great state school of the week this week because they're doing wonderful things. They're doing such wonderful things that the Catholic school next door is failing and the state school Ivanhoe East is doing well. And they're in negotiations to actually start leasing part of the Catholic school because they have so many students that really want to come to the state school, whereas the Catholic school is... Is, is, in comparison, not doing very well at all. It's a fascinating story. 
And it's actually the subject of our press release this week on the Dogs Program on 3CR 855 on the AM. Now, our press releases, of course, you can get them all. There's hundreds of them, aren't there, Jane? How many? Oh, we're up to 752. Yeah, so if you've got a spare year, you can go through them all, but if you've got a spare five minutes, you can check what Jane's saying on our website at www.adogs.info. Or you can keep listening. You don't have to get on the internet, so you can just listen to Jean now. And she tells you what's going on with these schools in Melbourne. Well, this is it. We pay for them. Is it time to take over Catholic schools? Australia is experiencing a population boom. Have you noticed? We noticed five years ago because the children were in the labour wards together now. They are coming into the schools with those children of our newly arrived Australian migrants. And where are they enrolling? They're rolling up to state schools, our great state schools. Back to the 1960s. Remember the baby boomers? Yes, they're not going to private schools, but to public schools. Because you can fool some aspirational parents some of the time and migrant parents are very aspirational parents, not always wealthy, but certainly aspirational. But you can't fool all parents all of the time. Public schools not only do a better job of educating our children, they're much, much cheaper. When Jeff Kennett closed our public schools in the 1990s down here in Victoria, our politicians thought that they could privatise the public school system in the same way that they privatised electricity. Remember the SEC? We owned it. Transport. Remember our trams and our trains? We used to own them. Our communication system. Remember Telstra? We used to own it and other essential services. And they thought that that was going to happen to the public system, but they failed because the public system fought back. And privatisations has failed, dismally, as those of us who get our electricity bills try to um, get public transport on time, try to pay our Telstra bills and other essential services. Now we discover, however, that the enrolment trend is away from Catholic schools and it's been, it has led the Victorian government to confront their lack of basic infrastructure spending on our public schools. Public schools are being closed and sold to developers for more houses, which have more children, while private schools have been built. But the public schools are overflowing and the Catholic schools are empty. Closing. We read in the age of the 5th of June 2018 that the state government has been renting classrooms off the Catholic sector. But why should we have a government that pays without taxpayers' money to lease Catholic schools and put more money into that system and pay yet even more of our taxes to a failed education system? Dogs believe that the state government should take over these properties and the subsidisation of these failed Catholic schools by taxpayers should be added up and deducted from any market compensation that is paid for them. It may be that the Catholic Education Office should be paying back taxpayers as opposed to receiving taxpayer funds 
if you look at the billions of dollars that these schools have been getting over the years. And Robert will have a bit more to say about that in a moment. Now, this is what the Age Education reporter, Henrietta Cook, had to tell us. And we really do have to thank the Age for a lot of the information that we are getting. The Fairfax Press isn't doing too bad a job for public schools these days. It's actually interesting, I think, Jane. Um, This is a new phenomenon. There's a couple of reporters on the Fairfax stable here in Victoria who are doing a quite active job when it comes to dealing with the issues that we publicise here every week, which are where does the money go? What what does it mean socially? What are the consequences of separating the children out on the basis of their religion, of their ethnicity or indeed their sexuality or stupidly enough, separating children out on the sexuality of their parents? Because that's exactly what the private school system does. Certainly many Catholic schools and exclusive brethren schools and Scientology schools and, and Mormon schools. I mean, all these particular religious sects have their own taxpayer-funded schools and they separate the children out on the basis of their religion or the, or the sexual preference of their parents. And many people in the Fairfax table are very subtly chipping away at this idea. This idea, well, okay, if you're going to do that, what are the prices socially but more importantly, what are the prices financially of this? And I think what you're talking about here with, these, with this successful state school leasing, you know, paying taxpayers' money to the Catholic school across the road to extra classrooms because they run out because the state government is not willing to provide infrastructure so that the state school itself can effectively work. Well, this is the story. As Victoria grapples with the surge of enrolments in the inner city and growth corridors, the Victorian School Building Authority is in talks with Catholic Education Melbourne about leasing the recently closed Mother of God School in Ivanhoe East. It hopes that state school students at the neighbouring Ivanhoe East Primary, which is nearing capacity, can move into classrooms at the empty site. Quote, It makes sense to consider using this vacant site next door to help accommodate more students, a government spokesman said. A similar deal has been struck for Camberwell Primary School a few years ago, and the school's now leasing the closed Our Ladies of Victory School, which it uses as a junior campus. It's not known, however, how much it costs, and that means costs the taxpayer, to lease these sites. So now we have failed Catholic schools that we're still giving money to. Interesting. As Victoria's student population hurtles towards one million students in 2020, schools are looking at innovative ways of accommodating the boom. Some have rolled out three-storey portables. Imagine it, three-storey portables, while others are staggering lunch and recess to ease congestion in the playground. Figures obtained by the age show that state schools will be hit the hardest by the boom, with state school share of enrolment expected to rise from 63.7% in 2018 to 64.7% in 2022. Over the same period, non-government school share of enrolment is expecting to decrease from 36.3 to 35.3%. Catholic Education Commissioner Victoria Chief Executive Stephen Elder said that as the second largest provider of schooling in the state, his organisation was happy to work with the state government over school sites and facilities. Well, of course he is. There's money in it, isn't there? 
Now, what's happening out there at Ivanhoe East? Robert will tell us a bit more later. Uh, the Ivanhoe East primary school principal is a Justine McKay, and she said she said that she suspected young families moving into the area, housing developments and high-density living had fuelled the demand for enrolments. Uh, perhaps it's the real estate agent you need to speak to, she joked. The school's reputation has also helped. We have great results, great kids, great teachers. We have a fantastic community in this area. It's all about the neighbourhood school. And the school hopes that leasing the neighbouring Mother of God school will alleviate the need to use portables in future years. It's a beautiful school and it's a shame to not have it utilised, she said. We had a really positive relationship with the school and if we have access to the site, it will allow us to enhance our learning programs and create a community learning hub. Now, the Victorian School Building Authority is the group that is negotiating the lease for the recently closed Mother of God School in Ivanhoe and it hopes to use the Catholic school to accommodate students in the neighbouring Ivanhoe East Primary School Uh, So, the Mother of God school closed its doors last year due to dwindling enrolments. And the Catholic sector warned that the closure was a sign of things to come under the Gonski 2.0 funding model. It said its smaller school had received financial support from the broader Catholic school system, but this would be difficult to maintain under the new funding model. And, of course, some of those students now attend Ivanhoe East Primary. In a weird twist, they may soon end up studying back in the buildings of their own school. But they will be in a school which is open to all uh, and not in a school that chooses children on all sorts of bases that Robert has recently indicated to you. Uh, Sonia Terpstra, who's the spokesman for the community group Reopen Our Schools, and she's doing a wonderful job, said that leasing the former Catholic school was a welcome move, but the situation could have been avoided if three state schools in the Banyul Council area hadn't been closed in 2011. She said that the council had purchased these schools off the education department and then had sold two of them. So there's another one uh, that is still there or has been developed. Belfield Primary and Hague Street Primary have been sold to developers. They have built more than 150 townhouses on those sites, she said, and those families will be looking for a school and they can't just keep on shipping in portables. Where will they go? So the privatisation uh, on the agenda of both the Libs and the Labs is falling apart. They've tried and they've tried and they've poured billions and billions and billions of dollars into the privatisation object of the private school interest, but also of our Lib Labs. But it's just not happening. Thanks to people like this Sonia Terpstra and parents who are not silly. Okay, that's me and my 
Press release for this week, over to Robert, after these messages. It's coming up to that time of year again. Time for you to fight for your mic. In a few weeks, we'll be asking you to help us, the dogs, the defenders of government schools, to continue the struggle for another year by donating to 3CR's annual Radiothon. So get ready to fight for your mic and for your community's great state schools during Radiothon 2018. Welcome back to the Dogs Programme here on 3CR 855 on the AM dial. It's good to have your company. Fascinating things are going out there in Ivanhoe East. Now, for those people who aren't familiar with um, oh, is it the postcode fascism of Melbourne, Ivanhoe East is a nice place. <laughs> it really is a nice place. Um, it has many uh, young families, but sort of young families with, with an income. And we'll be discussing the great state school that's out there in Ivanhoe East, the Ivanhoe East Primary School, because um, I think it's about time we had a really good look at this, because we can hear about it on the news, but here at the Dogs we do a little bit more digging. I'm actually going to do a little expose on the wonderful things they're doing out there and why Ivanhoe East is doing so well. I'm also going to do a small expose on this school that's just recently closed, the Mother of God School, and indeed why it closed down. And I just want to expose something that Stephen Elder said in that article in The Age, because Stephen Elder, the head of the Catholic Education Officer, was not entirely truthful when he said, oh, we can't possibly maintain this thing under the new Gonski model. And I'll explain why he's not being entirely truthful about the money that the Catholic Church is paying, apparently, to keep these schools open, as opposed to the money that I'm paying to keep these schools open. But before we get stuck into that, let's do something positive. Let's talk about what's going on out there at Ivanhoe East Primary School, our great state school of the week. Every week on the Doctor Program, we have a special segment to show a different state school is a great school. State schools are great schools. School of the week. State schools. School of the week. Great state schools. State schools. School of the week. School for the week here on the Dogs Program. Ivanhoe's Primary School. Wonderful little place. Do you know, it's a wonderful little place. It's ridiculously busy. It has enrolment in, in this little, I use that word in inverted commas. It's difficult to use inverted commas on the radio, but I have to. This little state school of 546 kids. That's a lot of kids. They have 40 teachers there or thereabout and 15 non-teaching staff to support. This is not a little school. This is an amazing school. Now, let's talk about the kids just in general. I hate to talk about kids in general, but we're going to talk about them in general because that's all we can do, really, because I, I truth to tell, I can't name them all because that's 546 of them. But the school's ICSIA value, that, you know, that's, that, that's how, how, how well off the kids are. Well, in Australia, the average ICSIA value is 1,000. In this school, the ICSIA value is 1,163. Yeah, so that ain't poor. In fact, 71% of the school kids at the Ivanhoe East Primary School aren't from battling young families. They're from quite well-off young families. In fact, 71% come from the highest quartile. So here's a state school with affluent parents turning up to it. Um, you add it, there's, there's less than 10% come from the, the lowest half of Australia when it comes to income. So it's a nice school with nice kids doing nice things. Um, nice is, I think, a really good word that was used by the principal when she was discussing the place. And I think she's right. It's a really great place. Nice things are happening. Do the kids turn up? Yeah, 97% of the time, happy to turn up. Our parents have valued the education, so they're happy to make sure they do. Um, how are the kids doing out there at Ivanhoe East when it comes to all their tests and all their silly NAPLAN things? 
Well, in Year 3, they're okay. Compared to all students around Australia, they're absolutely brilliant. But compared to similar schools, they're okay. Sometimes not quite as good as other similar schools with stinking rich parents and kids. But by the time they get to Year 5, they're doing very, very well indeed. Compared to all Australian students, they're doing excellently. And compared to similar schools, they're doing well. So what's happening at Ivanhoe East Primary School, is that they're having a nice time and probably not taking the tests all very seriously and having a good, solid, creative education. But by the time they get out of the end of the school, yeah, they've got their five hours or whatever you're supposed to have and all the conservative people will be very happy. It sounds like a happy place where kids are improving and learning as they go to the school. As much as NAPLAN can ever tell you anything, it's telling me that. So... Let's get down to the tin tax. How much does it cost Follow me, the money. me, the taxpayer, to educate these stinking rich kids and all their very nice parents? Well, we know that to educate a kid in Australia, an average kid in Australia, takes about $13,000. And because in Australia it is a disgusting fact, it disgusts me, it continues, and I'm going to keep using that word, it disgusts me that the wealthier your parents the better your education. So that's just a fact in Australia, and I I find that disgusting. Which means that the wealthier your parents, the less money you actually have to spend to educate a child because the parents will make sure that they make up the difference. So at Ivanhoe's Primary School, the amount of money that is spent on these kids, both parents and government together, bear in mind the median is about 13000 is just over $9,000 per student. So in terms of what it costs the taxpayer, this whole school with its 500 or 500 and a half kids um, is saving us a lot of money, actually. So for all of that, it's around about just over $9,000 per kid to educate the kids there. In terms of fees and charges for the school, that's about $500 a year for the parents, and I'm sure, considering the profile, the financial profile, they'd be very happy to pay that. So, really, this school is doing well. Yes, they're not wasting taxpayers' money, I can tell you that right now. And the kids are doing well, the kids are happy, and as the, and as the prince we heard from the principal, you know, it's a community-based school. The people value the school. There's about 50 teachers there. It's all going very well. So congratulations, I have to say, to Ivanhoe's Primary School. Looking at the numbers, but just getting a feel for the place, it's just a nice place, big place, squeezed place. In fact, so squeezed, they've taken over the school next door, which is closed down. Now, I'd just like to briefly talk about the school next door. Now, the school next door is called the Mother of God School. Now, it just closed, but the Ixia profile last year of the kids in that school was almost exactly the same as the profile of the kids at Ivanhoe East, the state school next door. So that is to say, around about 85% of the kids in the Mother of God School were from the richest half of Australia, and over, well over 52% were from the highest quartile. The ICSIA value for the school is 1,121, again, well above the average. So the Mother of God School, when it closed, had 94 students. 94 students. It had about 10 teachers. Much, much smaller. Why? Private schools are supposed to be better, but that's not the case in Ivanhoe East. Not the case in Ivanhoe East at all. Well, let's go straight to how much it was costing me, the taxpayer, to educate this hundred or so kids at the Mother of God School. 
Bear in mind, Ivan Ho East, saving me money, about a bit over $9,000 per student. Okay, how much does it cost to educate a kid last year at the Mother of God School? 13000 is the medium. Mother of God School per student to educate the kids in that school was 15246 And you go, oh, well, what, what about all the fees and charges? Well, I'll tell you that of the $15,246, $13,000 of that was state and federal government funding. The fees, just over $2,000 for the Catholic school system over there, but when I said Stephen Elder wasn't being truthful, I'm not mucking around. The government, you, me, I, the taxpayers, were spending more money to educate the kids in the Catholic school in fact, around about $4,000 per kid more to educate the child in the Mother of God school than we, the taxpayers, are spending to educate the kid in Ivanhoe East. So this is how oh, taxpayers, private schools save us money. Not in this case. Private schools are wasting us money. So how were the kids doing? You know, everyone says, oh, yeah, I'm, sending my child to a, I'm sending my child to a private school because I value their education. I'm not going to let them go to a state school. Well... In year three, in 2017, the last year the school was open, in, third, in, you know, in year three, their NAPLAN results were okay. They were good. In fact, in reading at Mother of God, they were very good readers in grade three. By the time they got to grade five, though, they were well behind their peers. The quality of the education, just in terms of numbers, at the Mother of God school before it closed down, meant that by the time the kids' children were leaving the primary school, they weren't keeping up with their peers. They weren't keeping up with similar students in other rich schools. And in fact, in terms of spelling in grade five at the Mother of God school just before it closed down, they weren't keeping up with all Australians. In fact, they were well behind what was going on in terms of spelling um, with various uh, schools and other students in much poorer areas. I wonder what Kevin Donnelly would have to say about that. So not only... Were we spending more money on the kids at Mother of God School? But they weren't doing as well. Um, and that's not value under anyone's situation. Now, Stephen Elder can say, oh, Gonski, Gonski, bad. We can't have Gonski because then we can't afford things. Not relevant. It's just not relevant. It's got nothing to do with anything. So in this little microcosm with two schools next door to each other, I really don't think, and I think this is a simple thing to say, I really don't think Ivanhoe East or the state government should be leasing anything from the Catholic Education Office. Take it over. Just take it over. Just take it over. There's a school. We're paying for it. We're paying for it anyway. We've paid for this school. Hmm. Many times over. Many times over, over the last 30 years. Government funding has already paid for these buildings. Government funding's paid for their maintenance. Government funding's paid to educate these kids. Government funds paid... Everything in terms of what this Mother of God school is. So why not just take it over? Because it's ours anyway. It's very, very simple. So Ivanhoe East Primary School is definitely our great state school this week. They're doing wonderful things. And you know, people talk about the marketplace being all honest and the marketplace will sort everything out. Well, I don't actually think that's got anything to do with education. But in this one little microcosm, the marketplace has said Ivanhoe East Primary School is a great state school. And um, just in this one little tiny instance, I'm not going to argue with it. So, congratulations to Ivanhoe East Primary School. You are our great state school for the week. Want to defend government schools? We are the DOGS, D-O-G-S, Defenders of Government Schools. 
Every week on the Doctor Program we have a special segment to show a different state school is a great school. If you're a parent or if you're a kid or if you're involved in the school in any way whatsoever and you love your state school, give 3CR a call. We want to hear about these schools that we're defending. Brunswick Secondary State schools are great. Harkaway Primary School. Sunshine North Primary School. They're really concerned about the welfare of the kids and their growth as people as well as learning. Like you put on plays, you've got enrichment, you've got physical education, visual arts, languages, all that. In fact, is there a cooking? Actually an embracing of kids from disadvantaged backgrounds and with additional needs. More than half of your kids are from some of the poorest families in Australia. Yeah, definitely. That's the community and that's who we're servicing and that's that's who we welcome into the school. Outdoor play is linked to healthier and happier children. This, in turn, leads to better grades. In the weekly assemblies and stuff, they have a little thing, uh, you've been caught being good, and they have a a value of the week each week, and so it's not just words that he's actually... So so what do the teachers do when it's a building site? Yeah, they kick themselves out of their own staff room and turn into a classroom. Just a really nice culture and an emphasis on social skill building as well as learning. Quite a range of intellectual ability and kids with mental health diagnoses. Refugee kids, kids who have not been in the country very long, don't necessarily start off with a Positive relationships with each other, with teachers and with the community. And they run a, a breakfast club. There's a recognition that some kids don't get breakfast and so there's, there's food on. If you are involved in a state school and it's a great school, we'd love to hear from you so we can talk about it and tell the world. Leave a message for the dogs at 3CR on 9419 State schools are great schools. Great state schools. Welcome back to the Dogs Program here on 3CR 855 on the AM Dial. It's great to have your company as we go through all the various issues to do with government funding and indeed separation of religion from the state here in Australia when it comes to education. Now, I was foreshadowing earlier, um, just just before we heard Jean's magnificent press release, foreshadowing earlier, there's a big stout, there's a big fight on up in Canberra. And the fight's on between the independent schools, organisations, and the Catholic education system. They're fighting each other for getting money to educate small children. Now, it is a question as to whether these organisations, religious organisations, should be uh, responsible for educating small children and indeed whether we, the taxpayers, should pay for religious organisations to educate small children. Nevertheless, um, whether the rights and wrongs of that are put to one side, we do in Australia. It's an almost a unique situation in the world where the government pays the lobbyists <laughs> or pays the lobbyists who lobby on behalf of the private school system to give them billions of dollars each year so they can educate small children in Australia. But after many years of working together to take taxpayers' money, they are now fighting each other. And Michael Koziol from the Fairfax Media Stable has written an interesting article to highlight the issues that are going on. The independent private school sector, when I say independent, I mean dependent because they are fundamentally taxpayer-funded. The taxpayer-funded independent private school sector has actually unleashed just recently a large-dish campaign against planned changes to school funding, warning of disastrous outcomes, rising fees and flow-on effects to public schools. They're using the argument, if, if you don't give independent schools money, then you'll have all these kids in state schools and that will be bad. Well, here at the Dogs we say, they got everything right except for the last bit. So if you don't give money to private schools, then you'll have lots of kids in state schools, and we would finish that by saying, and that would be good. But the independent school system has said they've also foreshadowed a campaign. They're going to play politics against proposed changes that could land the education minister, Simon Birmingham, in yet another school funding fight. 
just as he prepares a possible peace offer with the disgruntled Catholic school system. So now the Catholic school system and the independent school system are screaming at each other because they both want more money. Now, according to this article by Michael Cosio on the 5th of June 2018, he says, In a pointed warning that the government stands to lose the support of the independent school sector, count that as a threat, the head of the New South Wales Association of Independent Schools, Jeff Newcomb, told um, Michael, we are not going to accept transfers of money from our system, our money, transfer our money to other systems. Now, he's not talking about the state system. As far as he's concerned, that doesn't exist. That's just for all the other poor children. But he doesn't want it to go to the Catholic school system. Um, he says this, and it follows a report last weekend that a shake-up of the funding formula will shift billions of dollars to Catholic schools from independent schools by throwing out the old socioeconomic status model and using parents' tax returns to ascertain their capacity to contribute to the school. Now, this is fascinating, isn't it? Um, Jean, being a tax lawyer, knows all about this. They're going to have a look at the tax returns of parents. <laughs> and when they look at the tax returns of the parents, they're going to say, well, you get more money and you get less money to educate your child in this school. Now, under various options being considered, Catholic schools would win up to $1.8 billion extra over 10 years, while independent schools would lose up to $2 billion. I think this would be a very interesting uh, set of data, actually. It'll be how much tax these wealthy parents actually don't pay. Yes. Well, the Independent School Council of Australia and its New South Wales and Victorian affiliates have written to the National School Resourcing Board, which conducted the review, and to register their unhappiness about the proposal. They've written to hundreds of school principals across New South Wales and Victoria, wearing of fee hikes, invasion of privacy and further flight from private schools. So they're worried that everyone's going to fly away from private schools. Well, I'm not if worried they, about it. I'm hoping for the it. government starts looking at the tax returns yes. again. <laughs> as well as drumming up. Oh, and making oh, it public oh, knowledge. Oh, here we go. Here we go. They're pulling out. This is, we haven't heard this for ages, Jean. The independent schools are being accused of being sectarian. <laughs> Because they're drumming up animosity towards all the Catholic people. Oh, yes. Mr Newcomb told principals that loss of funding would affect all types of independent schools, causing fees to rise and limiting school choice for parents. He says there would also be an impact on government schools in New South Wales, which are already struggling to accommodate increasing enrolments, he said. How, How nice of him. We also understand that other options, potentially under consideration, would produce similarly disastrous outcomes for the independent sector. Well, hang on. He's saying that if you have more people in state schools, that's a disastrous outcome. No, no, no. It might be a disastrous outcome from independent sector, but it's actually a boon for the state school system because you get a bigger mix of socioeconomic people in the one school, which we know benefits kids. But he's saying what benefits kids is not the same as what benefits the independent sector. Now, Michelle Green, who we've often quoted here, she is the Chief Executive of Independent Schools Victoria, and she told 220 independent schools principals to expect a backlash from parents worried about the invasion of privacy. There's another one, invasion of privacy, if their tax returns were used to calculate school wealth. And she encouraged principals to spread the word to parents, teachers and MPs vowing to supply talking points for lobbying efforts that could rival the Catholic sector's relentless campaign against socioeconomic status model and education minister Simon Birmingham. Oh, it's heating up. 
She says, this is Michelle, she says, we are determined to speak up in defence of the interests of parents from all income groups who make significant sacrifices to send their children to independent schools. Well, Ms Green is not interested in the in the interests of all parents because she completely ignores the interests of well over half of the parents of Australia who send their kids to state schools. She says, under the current system, the school's socioeconomic status score is worked out based on the residential addresses of enrolled students and official statistics. Ha! Well, we'll come back to that. Higher scores mean reduced government funding. Because at the moment, what happens is you have a nice postcode or a nasty postcode. All the rich kids who can afford it are siphoned off into private schools. doesn't mean they're any smarter. Just all the richer parents' kids are siphoned off into wonder. So the postcode's got nothing to do with the individual wealth of the parents. Hmm. Anyway, the independent sector represents some of the wealthiest schools in Australia, including Geelong Grammar and King's School, although it also administers many low-fee independent schools. Right, now what do the Catholics have to say about this? Well, they say... Well, they've got some very wealthy schools too, of course. Yes, well, the Catholics say, oh, no, 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 we're all poor and stuff. Not, not as poor as state schools, but we're sort of all poor. She says, the Catholic Centre argues that it, it's disadvantaged because parents in wealthy neighbourhoods who send their children to a more affordable Catholic schools are the ones that are being punished. Uh, particularly in Victoria, she said, um, and she said this is, this is something they're going to fight wars about as far as they're concerned. Now, Dr Newcomb warned that capitulating to the Catholic sector would be seen as a reward for bullying. Bullying, they're bullying, not in the playground, oh no, no, (laughs) bullying in Canberra. They've been doing that since 1954. Indeed, yes, Catholics are bullying. And if you came into the Catholics, it would reward for bullying, misrepresentation and personal attacks that have taken place against the poor independent schools throughout the campaign. It's absolutely fascinating. They scream at each other and none of them, neither of them, they don't give a damn about most of the kids in Australia. That's not what they're talking about. That's not even on their radar. Let's start talking about the old establishment and the new establishment. And let's then talk about the vast, vast majority of parents and others, taxpayers, citizens in Australia that don't give a fig about either establishment and don't want to be part of either establishment but are quite happy to have fallen off the establishment ladder. Uh, and that, of course, is represented. Never The point is that the, there's a question of even aspiring to it, um, because they really are not very nice people, are they? Well, some are, some are. Most, I have to say, in this context, talking about screaming at each other, screaming at each other, because they're getting billions, both of them, about bullying each other and not caring about the rest of Australia. It's absolutely fascinating. Um, I'm not the only person who has opinions about this. In fact, there's some wonderful and interesting comments about this, which we'll get Dale to share with us after these messages. For three years, teachers have had their qualifications, their pay, their pensions and their working conditions attacked relentlessly by this government. I'm a proud product of a government-funded primary school education and of a government-funded secondary school education. Australia is one of the richest and luckiest countries in the world and there's no reason whatsoever why we can't have the very best public schools in the world. It's simply not good enough that kids with disability miss out. Our education is not for profit! Our education is not for profit! 
You're listening to The Dogs, the defence of government schools on 3CR. Yeah, welcome back to the Dogs Program here on 3CR 855 on the AMDL. Absolutely fascinating stouch between the billion dollars being received by the independent and the Catholic school sector. And you know what? There's a lot of people that see this for what it is. And the comment section on this article, when it first went up onto the Age website um, on the 5th of May, sorry, the 5th of June, I should say, when this, when this first went up on the website, within, within an hour there were hundreds of comments and they're fascinating to listen to I'm sure you're sick of my voice. Dale, can you share what some people had to say about this ridiculous fight in Canberra? Sure, yeah. I've got, uh, you know, there's hundreds of comments, but we'll just pick out some choice ones. David says, Dear, oh dear, we will have to rip up the turf pitches and play on synthetic, and the pool will need to be filled in or left unheated. Crimea River. Uh, to which Chris responds, it's outrageous. The private and fairy tale schools getting any public funding. I'm asking for funding for a holiday and a new car. I won't stand for anything less. And then uh, Wayne says, we are not going to accept transfers of money from one system to the other. Easily fixed, withdraw all monies. Stranger says, the current system is broken because private schools get too much money and public school kids suffer. Every kid in Australia should have an equal opportunity for the same education and that is clearly not the case. No one's saying to withdraw all funding just to make it more equitable. It's your choice to send them to a private school. Send them to the local public school and it costs you nothing. And then uh, Fizzy Bear says... We are not going to accept transfers of monies from one system to another. We are entitled. The public education system has had to accept transfer of public funding to the private system for decades. Any objective observer can see the resource inequity that results. Once again, the old chestnut that public funding of private education is doing the great unwashed a favour by taking the burden off the public system is trotted out. There would also be an impact on government schools in New South Wales, which are already struggling to accommodate increasing enrolments. Reallocate those billions of taxpayer dollars and government schools will not only happily accommodate any increased enrolment, public education will produce better results for students and reverse the inequity and snobbery in our society that is the inevitable consequence of funding private education from the public purse. Then uh, another response, the only sector I didn't see mentioned was public schools. Not worth mentioning, not worth adequately funding. Then Brenda says, I don't know why this is even up for discussion. With the supposed separation of church and state, funding should be equal among all students, unless you think God favours one child over another and would prefer more money spent on his chosen ones. Last I heard, Jesus wasn't a big fan of obscene wealth. And uh, state school kids should have private school bus excursions around Sydney to show them where their family taxes are going. (laughs) Robert says, uh, the government provides education funded by the taxpayer. You are, of course, free to move out of that system and use a private provider. However, do not expect the tax dollars to follow you. 
it's the Protestants against the Catholics again. Australian, ju- Australia just pretends not to be sectarian. The best and most inclusive choice, but still an ideological one, is a public school. And then Brian says, let's forget funding for one moment. Why do schools exist? to educate our kids and hopefully achieve a smart country. Yet on the latter point, we know that we are failing dismally, so the current model and no doubt the independent school and funding arrangement must be questioned. Forgetting for one moment the exquisite gyms, rowing programs and botanical gardens some independent schools build and maintain, these have nothing to contribute to raw educational outcomes, Very few, if any, independent private schools can claim superior educational outcomes for their students. So why do they exist? Are they simply sapping the economy of money, which could be better spent in other ways? Having experienced both public and private, I must confess I find the whole independent private school system quite dubious. There has to be a better way. Remember, this is our kids' education and future we are playing with here. Independent schools... Hardly that. Very, 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 very dependent on public funds. Those who have the least expect the most. And one final comment. Uh, Public funding for public entities. Private funding for private entities. It's pretty simple. I think that last statement really says it all. And that's been the dog's position now for 40, even 50 years. It's just going on and on and on. Fascinating stuff. Um, The one thing I would note is that if you had that, if this had turned up 20 years ago in, in the public sphere, and it, and it did in fact, you would not have an articulate educated public that are aware of the issues. They were going, what? Oh, yeah, whatever, I don't know. But education funding and what's going on is actually now part of the public and the electorate's awareness. And the cynicism of Michelle Green saying, we're going to employ a lobbying firm to tell parents what the talking points are so they can lobby their MPs is something that most people today say, oh, yeah, that's, that, that's crowdfunding. That's, that's a cynical ploy to, to, to achieve a political aim. It's not about the ideas anymore. It's just about putting political pressure on to get some dollars for us. And they say, well, if we get them, then, of course, you, you the parents, would also benefit from that. We don't care who we take it from. I take Deeply cynical. And well, I take issue with you when you say that 30 or 40 years ago there was not an educated public that would take up the issues. It's just that we weren't given a voice by the Fairfax media. There were plenty of us around saying exactly what those people have said in that comment, those comments, but they wouldn't have got printed. Uh, because back in the day... So many people were frightened of being called that thing called sectarian. But all of that's now gone. Uh, if it was genuine, a genuine religious issue, then that little mother of God's school would have been kept open come, he- come hell or high water because the parents would have believed that their children should be given a Catholic education. But it's no longer anything to do with ideas. It has to do with finance, 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 class, class, class these days. Absolutely. We'll be back with more of the Dogs Program after these.
Well, as you mentioned before, the independent schools and the Catholic school sectors are at war. And when you're at war, you have battles. And when you have battles, you have weapons, and the weapons fight each other. That's absolutely fascinating. We mentioned probably about four months ago that students with disabilities, students with disabilities enroll disproportionately in government schools because private schools won't have them. We don't want a child who has a learning difficulty or a behavioural issue or this or that. So they just choose not to. Um, they do in some cases, but in general that's, that, that, that has been the pattern over, over generations in Australia. Private schools do not take difficult children, physical difficulties, emotional difficulties or intellectual difficulties. And if they do, they scream about their charitable purposes. Whereas state schools, of course, just do. Because state schools, well, state schools are state schools, they have values. And if you live in the area, you go to the school. But if there's the right, uh, the right label put on a child, there's money attached to it, Robert. I know, which is what's happening at the moment. It's one of the weapons being used by the Catholic sector against the independent school sector. <laughs> and they found joking. just recently the independent school sector had a significant jump in the number of students going to independent schools who had a disability. Now, let's just give you an example of this. Alfington Grammar in the north of Melbourne is an independent school. It has a very high ICSIA value. A very large number of very wealthy people go there. And it was actually forecast to receive a disability loading of about 40% for its students, compared with the previous disability loading of 8%, which relied previously on the assessment of a medical professional. Disability assessment has recently been changed. The school itself and the teachers can assess the disability of a student if they have enough resources to do so. Now, to assess a disability takes a fair amount of time and expertise. And so, therefore, places like Alfington Grammar, they've got a bit of extra money spare. So they made sure they employed people who would then have the capacity to assess 40% of their students as having a disability. Alfington Grammar School. As now, the minister has actually taken this concept now because it's been raised. Has, we've been raising it on the dogs program, but guess who raised it? Alfington Grammar? Yes, it was Stephen Elder. From the Stephen Catholic Elder, the Catholic Education Commission, Stephen Elder, claimed that independent schools were raking in millions from the scheme of rorting the disability. So the Catholic schools are dobbing in the independent schools. Oh, the self-righteousness of them. The Catholic sector released figures showing a sharp increase in the number of disabled students at independent schools across the country since the changes in reporting requirements which allowed teachers to identify students with disabilities, not psychologists, not professionals. Who's the sectarian now? Indeed. Absolutely fascinating. And so the government, so the government's going, well, okay, we better go and have a look at this. Now, Stephen Elder said the scheme allowed teachers to effectively decide how much disability funding their school would receive where previously schools received disability loading at a flat rate. Now, I find this fascinating because what happened is the Catholic school system, and I think it's hilarious, the Catholic school system are playing aspirational politics. They want their parents to know that there's no disabled people here, thank you very much. We're a proper good private school, and so they've played down disability in their enrolments. 
Now, the independent school sector have gone the other way. They say, well, everyone knows that Alphington Grammar is a good school. No one cares about the numbers. We'll bump up the number of students who have a disability, so we'll get extra disability loading funding for 40% of our students because Alphington Grammar does not have a reputational issue. Alphington Grammar won't lose enrolments because it has a large number of disabled students because everyone knows what's going on. It's a rort. The Catholic school sector, however, feels less secure and so therefore play them down. The state school system doesn't have the resources to assess disability when they find it because they don't have support for the teachers to do it. And I tell you, to do a disability assessment as a teacher in a school takes hours and hours and hours. In Alphington Grammar, they've got people employed to do it for the teachers. The teachers come along and say, oh, yeah, why not? They're disabled. Then someone else comes and does all the work because they've got the resources to do that. At the state school, they go, oh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't got time for that. Do you know what? I'm, not, I'm just going to do the best I can because that's what I do. I'm a state school teacher. I have values, and I'm not going to label this child just to get some extra money. I'm going to work with them as much as I can as a team of other teachers. And I've seen this happen again and again and again in the state school system because I work in all three sectors. Well, there's also some parents in state schools that don't want a label put on their children. Absolutely not. They want them to work things out I think it's because this is the war's on. Stephen Elder's dobbing in the independent (laughs) school sector. Oh, it's on for young and old. Anyway, I just thought we'd finish on that slightly amusing note about how various sectors are dobbing each other in for rorting the system in such an obvious way, which I would have to say is detrimental to the student. If I had a child and the school laboured them as disabled in the school, I said, hang on, what's going on? Oh, it's because because we get get more money then, which will benefit your child. You're not using my child as as disability bait to gift yourself an extra swimming pool. You just go, I'm going to go somewhere else. That's values for you in the independent school sector, said, said Robert, who hates that word but tries to use it judiciously. Anyway, you've been listening to the Dogs Program here on 3CR 855 on the AM dial. If you're interested in our ramblings and exploring what we're talking about, please go to our website at www.adogs.info. That's www.adogs.info. And I'm going to remind you once more, as we have been through this through this particular broadcast, next week is Radiothon. Next week is when all those good people come to the aid of the station or the party or whatever, because it's Radiothon and we only exist here as 3CR, as an organisation, as a community of people broadcasting to other people because of your good graces. And next week we're going to be asking you to dig into your pockets and give what you can. Please don't give more than you can. We don't want you going without. But please give what you can to support 3CR and to support the DOGS program so we can remain on the radio to highlight these very important issues. Until next week, it's bye for now. I dreamed I saw Joe here last night, alive as you and me. Says I, but Joe, you're ten years dead. I never died, says he. I never died, says he. In Salt Lake City, Joe says I, him standing by my bed. They framed you on a murder.
judge, says Joe, but I'm dead, says Joe, but I'm dead. The copper bosses killed you, Joe, they shot you, Joe, says I, takes more than guns to kill a man. Says Joe, I didn't die. Says Joe, I didn't die. And standing there as big as life, and smiling with his eyes, says Joe, what they can never kill, went on to organize. Went on to organize from San Diego up to Maine in every mine and mill where workers strike and organize. It's there you find your hill. It's there you find. Jesus. Mm-hmm.